Moses has been in the wilderness for 40 years. He's experienced numerous miracles, as many of us have. He's had great disappointments. He's had days of anxiousness. He's been in tight places and unbelievable experiences. Things that caught him by surprise and on days when he's giving his best leadership, the people complained and murmured. He knew that there was one voice that he needed to pay attention to, and that was the voice of Almighty God. He watched over that period of time, numerous times, the supernatural intervention of God over and over and over again. In the very beginning of this message, how many of you have witnessed the supernatural intervention of God in your own life and in your own family? Would you raise your hand and give testimony to God? And here we are tonight in our moment getting ready for great expectation to pray and these needs will be met. I think we have to determine, and I want to share this conclusion, it's not supposition, it is fact and it is truth based on God's Word. And here it is, God is faithful. Would you say that with me? God is faithful. God is faithful. Deuteronomy 34 verse 4, then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Moses is within hours of his death. It's within days in which the people of God, the Israelites, are going to cross over and inhabit that promised land. It is a promise that will take place, though Moses will not get to journey into the promised land, but it is the promise that was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 447 years earlier, and to Moses in that 40 years before this moment is when he heard it. It's no wonder that David, that great psalmist, that great warrior, that great lover, that great leader, declared the faithfulness of God in Psalms 89, verse number 1. He said, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever, and with my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Do you know what he said? I'm going to testify about it. I'm going to tell about it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to believe it, that God is faithful. And in times when I feel replete with difficulty and times I get discouraged and times I don't understand, I'm going to remember, but in spite of what I see, my God is faithful. Amen. We must declare that in a world filled with unbelief today. God declares that, of course, to the Israelites. To Moses, God was faithful in giving him divine presence and performing miracles through him and supplying direction with a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night, supplying food and water, and, of course, giving wisdom and boldness and leadership, protecting his people from harm and making a way where there is no way. If you're living for God and you're trying to inch your way forward, I'm going to tell you, you will find out what it means for God to make a way where there is no way. I've been in tight spots. How about you? I've had my back in a corner. How about you? I couldn't go down. I couldn't go up. I couldn't go sideways. But out of nowhere, God sent something that shook the foundations of my situation. And he said, hey, I will make a way where there is no way. Have you ever been there. Do you know what I'm talking about tonight? Do you understand what it means when you say, wow, God plowed right through on that one and made a way where there is no way. Solomon declares God's faithfulness. He declared it in 1 Kings 8, 56. And I like this text. It says, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Get this now. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. Do you know what he said? It's 10 out of 10. It's 100 out of 100. It's 1,000 out of 1,000. Do you know what that's like? Just go over to the basketball court over there 
and take that basketball and say, okay, I'm going to shoot this basketball 500 times. Can I tell you, you know what you're going to find out as it relates to God? He's going to say, I'm not going to put it in 399 times out of 500. God said it doesn't make any difference where I'm on the court. When I shoot the basket, it's going to go in every single time. Can you have confidence in that kind of a God that when God says something to you and when God's word ministers to you and when the Holy Spirit puts something down in your heart, you can know, hey, every single time God brings to pass what he said he would be able to do. That statement is 447 years after Moses' death. And we find that God's faithfulness is not limited to times. It's not limited to circumstance or man's compliance. It's based on the simple fact of the character of God. God cannot fail. God promises us to have us be blessed as we follow him. His word is perfect and flawless. And God has been faithful to many of us. He's blessed us spiritually. Say amen. Blessed us financially. Say amen. Say amen again. That's with interest. He's blessed us favorably. How many of you know what it's like to get favor from someone else that has a higher position and has the ability to give you something you can't get on your own. How many of you know what favor is? Amen. How many of you ladies out there are glad that you have the favor of your husband? That's not the big thing. Here's the big thing. How many of you men are grateful that you get the favor of your little woman? Pastor, why do you say little woman? Because I know it aggravates the devil out of some of you. And I'll use any tool I can to get that devil out. Amen? God's favor. Some of you out there can be aggravating yourself. He gifted us with known and unknown blessings. And when I thought about that as I prepared God, known and unknown I know a lot of blessings that you have given me, but there are many blessings that were unknown blessings in my present that I didn't realize until maybe six months, a year, two years, maybe three years, maybe five years, that that was an unknown blessing at the time it happened. But then I realized, hey, that was God that turned that thing around and did the mighty work. The favor is a testimony to God's faithful. And I declare it to you tonight that my God is faithful. And so when we get ready to meet and pray over these cards and we call upon him and we hit that tight spot, we can declare, God, you have never failed. But here's what happens. Obedience is required. Say it with me. Obedience is required. How many of you misbehave from time to time? Let me ask you again, because some of you didn't get in on that. I don't want God to have to deal with you when you leave church tonight. So we're going to go ahead and get it. How many of you misbehave from time to time? May I see your hand? Thank God. Thank God. How many of you have never misbehaved? You just did. <laughs> Misbehave. Obedience. We have three kids. We have nine grandchildren. And we have two great-grandchildren. They are not perfect. Our three children, all of them, all of them misbehaved. Amen? Timmy misbehaved. Sherry misbehaved. Lori misbehaved. And they all blamed it on each other. And then they got with people like Tim Johnson and others, and they misbehave all the more. A misbehavior, why is that? Misbehavior is a part of the normal character of carnal nature. We know that none of us are perfect. But there's a difference in the track as we follow God in which God understands human nature, and he says, okay, I'm going to give you grace, and I'm going to give you mercy. That's because I know you're not going to be perfect all the time. I know you're going to make mistakes. I know you're, 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 you're not. Uh, I know that you're flawed. I, I know there are going to be times in which you just aren't going to pay any attention. And, and that's why I've got grace and I've got mercy. 
But he says to the one who says, hey, all you ever want to do is be disobedient. All you ever want to do is put your fist in the face of God. All you ever want to do is fulfill a rebellious agenda. And God says, now, that's where that my grace and my mercy is going to be tested by you. Numbers 14, 22. Not one of the men, or let me see, uh, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So we have the fulfillment of the promise experienced as God is faithful. And Moses was told that the Israelites who initially left Egypt, they were rebellious, misbehaved. But listen carefully now. They misbehave. This is a number, not a count. Ten times. Ten times in crucial situations. Numbers 14, 22, Not one of the men who saw my glory in the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt, in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times. In other words, he said it got to the place that your spirit, you would rather be disobedient than obedient. And I kept being faithful. I kept honoring you. I kept feeding you. I kept giving you bread. I kept giving you water. I kept giving you protection. I kept guiding you. And all you ever wanted to do was be disobedient. And as a result of that, he said, you're going to suffer because of that rebellious disobedience toward me. And so at the death of Joshua, as he is about to lead the people across, they now have become astutely aware it's important to do what Joshua says. They have the servant characteristic of obedience, and that is the key to the greater and significant blessing of God. Now, how many have ever been temperamental in your life? I'm going to give you another chance. How many know a temperamental person? That's much better. All right. How many of you have ever seen a temperamental person in the mirror? May I see your hand? (laughs) Much better results that time. It's amazing we can't take the truth. We just got to squirrel our way around to it. But here's what he says. Isaiah 119, Isaiah the prophet said, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. Say amen. Amen. But, but if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What is he saying? You can do everything that you desire But if in your heart of hearts, you're angry at God, rebellious against God, can't say anything good about the church, can't say anything good about your fellow believer, he said that is an act of obedience. And that act of disobedience, that disobedient spirit will lead you down to an alley that you will suffer destruction. So we know that obedience brings blessing and disobedience brings pain and distraction. And we understand that. And I'm talking about as it relates to a lifestyle. I look at some people today and I talk to them, minister to them, minister to them. I talked to a lady this morning in the drive-thru at McDonald's early. I said, when are you going to come to church? She just looked at me. I said, you know, we've been playing this game a long time. And I said, one day you're going to need me, and you're going to need the church. I know it. Well, let me ask again, when are you going to come? I don't know. I'll get around to it. I said, you better get around to it in a hurry because you don't have the promise of tomorrow. So let's get going in the right direction. She said, thank you so much. I can always count on you. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. You know why? You you know why? She's not angry, mad. She's not, she just, just doesn't care. 
She doesn't understand the consequence of perpetual disobedience. She doesn't know what it means to turn your face against God. And yet, continually, that's our job, is to bring the message of truth. You see, when you have sacrificially given, sacrificially given, say that with me, sacrificially given. How many know what sacrifice feels like? It hurts. Sacrificial giving, you give your talents, you give your presence, you give your finance, you give your prayer, you give your love. And when you storm the gates of complacency and apathy and status quo and the ordinary and short-sighted vision, you get his favor. So he says, as you are obedient and forward action of storming the gates of darkness and declaring the truth of the Lord God Almighty, he said, you will have God's favor. Now here's a question. Why should God give you his favor? I mean, think about it for a moment. I mean, check out the record line. Why should God move heaven and earth to give you his favor? Why should God give you his favor when you pray over any of these cards? And you know what? You don't want to answer that question because that question is a ploy of the enemy. You and I do not deserve God's favor so we can't adequately answer the question. Amen? Here is the answer. I'm here to tell you that God does not keep a record and says, okay, you've reached 10 points, you get five BOGOs, buy one, get one free, and now you are in line for favor. You know what God says? I love you so much. You are my kid. You're my child. I love you. I've made promises to you. And if you'll pay half attention to me, if you'll just pay half attention to me, I am so anxious to bestow my love upon you. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to get in that perfect realm. You don't have to hit the basket 500 out of 500, but what you have to do is get out there on the court and start shooting. And if you get on the court and start shooting, here's what will happen. I will rain down my favor in your life. How many of you know that we need that kind of favor? And we believe it, so we don't deserve it. But here's what I know. The best is yet to come. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come. Oh, I see a cheeseburger and fries in your future but not this coming week because you're fasting. I see an ice cream Sunday and a banana split in your future, but not this week. Amen. I see a great big steak and baked potato and hot biscuits and gravy and fried chicken in your future, but not this week. Some of you are saying, oh, not me. I'm fasting chocolate. It's all right. Here's what I know. Do you believe the best is yet to come. Well, I used to think that. And that's before I got sick. I used to think that, but I had this so many financial challenges. My brother in the service, the second service, was slipping down. He, has, uh, he had a brain bleed a number of years ago. And, of course, his heart from time to time will just get out of rhythm and this morning he was washed down with perspiration and sweat. And when we gave the altar call, he was in the, in the back because he had uh, double knee surgery, had a knee done about 90 days ago, and he had the other knee done about three weeks ago. And uh, so, you know, they don't move exactly as quickly now until he gets more healing and all of that. But he went to step out to come down to the altar and get prayed for, and he, just, he said everything went black. And he began to just weave, and his wife became very afraid, and he, he said, Let, let's get out of here. He was headed to the altar, so we got him out and called an ambulance. And, uh, and when they called an ambulance, hauled him, uh, or transported him. Hall is a yard talk. <laughs> That's what you do with cattle. I am the son of a butcher, you know. <laughs> So we hauled him to Lakeland Regional <laughs> Medical Center. I hope you love me. You got to put up with me, I'm telling you. 
We got him in there and he was in the emergency room and uh, two rooms and curtains split there. And uh, finally another patient came in. Oh, my Lord. I was seated over there with, with Lamar and his wife, Paula, and this patient came in. And oh, my Lord, have mercy. How's your sugar? I don't have any idea. Well, Mama, you know you've been eating too much candy lately. I'm sitting there listening. They said, tell me, how's your heart doing? Well, I did have pains the other day. Okay. Well, what do you do about these open sores on your legs? Well, I don't know. Don't you know how to treat them? We gave you some ointment. I understand here's been prescribed to you. Yeah, but sometimes I can't find it. I'm sitting over listening to that, and I'm saying, Lord, it's amazing. I wanted to get up, peek around the corner, and I wanted to say, you are your own worst enemy. That's what I wanted to say. I'm telling you, I did not do it. I was on my way. And then I thought about this message in the point. And go by where she was there and her family and turn to her and say, hey, the best is yet to come. But listen carefully. If you don't understand that principle, you can say it all day long and you will never believe it. But when you have the power of faith in your life, and you can declare it, and you believe all the promises of God. And Isaiah said, not one time has God missed. Every single promise has come to pass. And that, in fact, God has given us grace and mercy, even when we've been rebellious and deaf and been hard-headed. He said, I still love to give you favor because you belong to me. And you've experienced miracle after miracle. Here's what you can say. If you say, God, I believe this. I know the devil would like to keep me down, like to push me down. Tell me about all my mistakes. Tell me about all my weaknesses. Tell me about all my difficulties. Tell me about all the things I didn't do right. Tell me all the times God doesn't love me anymore. Tell me all the times that I lied and I couldn't help it. Tell me all the times that I made a mistake. Then, my friend, if you listen to that, you're not going to ever rise to the point. But when you say, I'm on the basketball court, and I don't know how many I'm going to get in, but I'm going to keep shooting out there. And then you take the ball and you shoot again and say, Lord, the best is yet to come. If I keep doing this long enough, I'm going to start putting some balls in the hoop. Somebody say amen. I'll get the hang of it. I need to tell you tonight, God's looking at the church and he's saying, church, believe the best is yet to come. Stand on that promise and live and behave that way. Joshua 1, 3. Well, I'll give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses and your testimony will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country and the great sea on the west. And no one, say no one, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. No one will stand up against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never abandon you. I will never leave you because I love hanging out with you. Amen. Moses gave to Joshua his mantle, his staff, the rod. He declared to Joshua that God's best was ahead. And then God spoke to Joshua. Joshua, of course, was said, I can't do this. Moses was a great leader. And you remember God said to Joshua, hey, Moses, Moses is dead. But here's what I want you to hear, Joshua. Prepare to lead the people. Get on your leadership cap. Expand the territory because it will expand and it will be yours. And no one will work against you. And God declared that his promise will be with you. And in this promise are unrestrained blessings 
unlimited and no ceiling whatsoever. For what I promised to Moses will be multiplied to you in greater proportion. It is greater proportion. I hear people often say, well, boy, back in the day, back in the day, man, the Holy Ghost was rampant. The fire would dance up and down the aisles. I was there. I've seen it. I've watched it all. But listen, I wouldn't trade back in the day for anything compared to what God is about to do in the presence of his people. Amen. I just believe it's going to get better and better and better. And I claim that according to Paul's writing in Ephesians 3.20. Here we go. Let's take a look at it. Ephesians 3.20. Let's read it together. Are you ready? Here we go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If you believe it, put your hands together and let's say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? The greatest power is in the house. I look out there and I see some of you and I know some of you torment and some of the trouble that you have faced. And I've watched some of you walk through divorce, some of you walk through accidents, some of you walk through cancer, some of you walk through untimely deaths. I've watched some of you, though, you got that perfect little family and everything not like my kids, all your kids behave beautifully. You know, all your grandkids are out of the same mold, no problems. I've watched some of you get blindsided by the best hook that the enemy could give you. And it has not shaken your faith. It may have temporarily stunned you, but it's not shaken the faith in who you are. I've watched some of you make mistakes as I have. I've watched some of you, of course, get down and say, God, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And you start wringing your hands as I have. But at the end of the day, here's what I know. God is not shaken. You guys were singing it a moment ago. God is not shaken. Amen. He is strong and he is powerful. Now, here's what he's done. He's gifted to us the promises of answered prayer. Are you all with me? In a moment, you're going to touch a card. And when you touch that card, you're going to take the need on that card. And you're going to lift it into the throne room. You don't need to be Billy Graham. He's dead. You don't need to be Oral Roberts. He's dead. What you need to be is the best you can be tonight. And say, God, with all my faith, I believe you promised me that if I pray, you would hear and answer prayer. And some of you have big old needs and you're going to see these cards and it's going to break your heart. But there is no need and no giant that's bigger than your ability to pray and move the heart of God. Amen. And he moves us. So I'm going to ask you just to take this word of admonition tonight with a little video. And then we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. So listen carefully. It'll, it'll get down in you. It'll get down in you and get you motivated before we hit the altars and our pews tonight to pray. Here we go. Take a look. Hear this, an almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God is sitting in heaven waiting to hear from you. David says that he has his hand, his hand cupped behind his ear, listening for his children to ask him for great and mighty things that we know not. He's listening for us to pull down the strongholds of addictions that enslave our families, to pull down the strongholds of abortion and pornography, to pull down the demonic forces that are destroying the government of the United States. So what does he hear from our lips? Oh God, watch over the parakeet and water the grass. Let me tell you something. When 
you walk through these doors and you lift your hands to pray, I want you to remember that you're talking to almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God, the creator of heaven and earth. The blast of his nostrils can split the cedars of Lebanon. He holds the seven seas in the palms of his hand. He weighs the mountains in a scale and the hills in the balance. You can ask him for things so staggering, so big that God slides out of his chair and sits on the edge and says to the angels, did you hear what he said? Asking, asking, asking for things that are impossible because with God, nothing is impossible. Ask him to defeat the giants in your life because our God is a giant killer. Ask him to divide the sea before you and to bury Pharaoh and watch him turn your enemies into fish food. Ask him, ask him to send fire from heaven as he did for Elijah and he will. Ask him to walk with you in the fire of the fiery furnace and be the fourth man in the fire and he will. He said you will walk through the fire and the fire will not burn you. You will walk through the water and the water will not drown you. Ask him. He's the God who cannot fail. He's waiting to show you great and mighty things. Ask him. Pray, pray, pray. God in heaven wants you to have that power. You are made in the image of God. God is not a statue. He speaks, he thinks, he talks, he feels our infirmities. He answers our prayer. He's alive. He's Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. He's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who is our banner. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God our peace. in heaven saying, what do you need? Do you need healing? Ask in faith, believe it, and I will give it. Do you need supernatural wisdom to make a tough decision? Ask of me, and I will lead you in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Do you need peace that surpasses understanding? Ask, 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 for nothing is impossible to those that believe. No good thing will he withhold from those that diligently seek him. Do you need the impossible? Then open your mouth. Open your mouth in faith, believing. You're not talking to the President of the United States. You're not talking to Bill Gates. Both of them together can't control their next breath. You're talking to the creator of heaven and earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He uses gold for asphalt on the streets of heaven. He moves mountains. He divides seas. He'll give you wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. He will make you the head and not the tail because nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible to you. Amen. 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 Praise God. You believe that? Say amen. amen. We're going to go to prayer. He's ready. Amen. He's ready. He can hear us all at one time. Hallelujah. He knows every language ever known to man. But I'm here to tell you, you are the one that's anointed tonight to take a card and to pray. And you're the one that's anointed. It might be your family you're going to pray for, but you are the messenger tonight that's going to take that need into the throne room of Almighty God. You're the one that God has his hand outstretched to you and say, come on, bring it on in. Tell me what it is you need. You're the one, my friend, that God created from the very beginning of time and had purpose in you and in your life. And tonight he brings it to the vortex and says, you're about to be used because I'm about to hear what you request. All you have to do is ask. Well, the enemy will fight you and say, I've been here before. I've asked before. I've asked before. But let me tell you something. Don't listen to that lie. You just keep shooting the hoops. Amen? God's responsible for putting it through the hoop. But it won't ever happen unless you just keep what? Shooting. Would you just, we're going to worship would you rise out of your seat and would you come get a, two or three of these cards? I don't know how many we have. If we have, I think if you grab two handfuls, not everybody will get one, but take two or three, spend some time. And when you're done, bring it back and, and get two or three more. And let's see what God will do.
my soul, I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, come and have your way. Ever need your all I've 
Heavenly Father, we thank you. We know that you hear us. God, send revival. Send revival to every family who God has tied a knot in the rope and they're hanging on. Send revival to the parched soul that feels like that God, their mouth is dry and they need the latter rain. Send revival upon Victory Church. This coming week as we take and guide the Tanner family through great heartache and disappointment and challenge in territory they have never been before. Well, there are others here in this room who know what that's like. But someone else's testimony gives very little comfort when it's you walking through seemingly the valley of the shadow of death. We lift your name up. We praise your name. And we worship you. Would you stand, everybody? And I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand and surrender for our benediction. Father, we raise our hands in surrender because you're the one hope that we have. We have put our trust in things and we put our trust in things and people and machinery every day. We expect when we go out that our vehicle will start and we expect the lights come on at the house when we get there. So God, we know that we put our trust in those things, but eternal things, which are things we cannot control, things that the enemy thinks he controls. We put our trust in you and we declare greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world and we declare there is no one like you lord so bless and move and this next week let the sweetness of your holy spirit begin to bathe us as we fill up that faith tank and become more than conquerors through christ jesus 
and we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And everybody said, amen. I love you, everybody. Thanks for being here. Keep that prayer going. Get more cards up here. Turn them in, as many as you like. We're going to believe God.